Skin in the Game. It's a series that we've been in the past four weeks, and I wonder if some of you haven't been wondering, Skin in the Game? Like, shoot, I don't even know what game we're playing. Like, everything in our lives have been turned upside down in this season. And you're asking me, we're asking each other to have skin in the game in our walk with God. How do I have time to even think about that? Well, I want you to know that our team really processed out when we got into this COVID scenario, should we continue with skin in the game? Should we continue with the plan that we had for the series? And we made a couple tweaks, but we really believe that this was the exact series that God wanted us to share. We wanted to share what James had to say about putting faith into action. And you're probably wondering, like, why? Why, in the midst of a global pandemic, would we pick one of the most challenging books in the Bible? Because this book, you know, James wrote it, he's the author, and he wrote it to really speak to Christians who are being hypocritical in their walk with God. And so the book of James is all about kind of like a how-to book how to live a Christian life. And so if you are following Jesus, this is like, we should listen. You know, Mike's been talking to us through this whole series. He's, he's telling us, don't just be doers. Uh, don't just be listeners of the word. Don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers. Like, let's do what God has called us to do based on the Bible, based on scripture, based on how Jesus wants us to live. And like, that's really challenging. That's been super challenging for me, really convicting for me, and I'm sure I'm not alone in that. Well, I'm going to tell you that today's skin in the game is no different. It's just as challenging. It's just as convicting. And I'm going to invite all of us to have our skin in the game in one of the most difficult relationships of our life. And this relationship in our life, it can, it can cause us turmoil, It can be mismanaged, it can be deceitful, but it can also give us freedom. It can also give us peace. And when we can grapple with this relationship and this area of our life, I just believe like God can give us so much freedom. And so when we have our skin in the game, in our relationship with God and money, I believe that God can do a great work in our life. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And just hang on, hang on. I know before you shut off your TV, keep listening, keep engaged. Because when we can have skin in the game in the area of money, it can release a whole lot of turmoil in your life. And so I want to invite you to continue listening. If you're a follower of Christ, lean in. This is for you. If you are just checking out this God thing and you're not so sure about it, that's all right. Just keep listening, and there might be something really helpful for you in this message. So let me share a story of a stockbroker from Wall Street. His name is Peter Grandich, and he was very successful in the mid-1980s. He worked his way up the corporate ladder on Wall Street. He was appointed the head of investment strategy for a leading New York stock exchange member firm. He would go on to hold positions as a chief market strategist, a portfolio manager. There was even a mutual fund that was named after him. So he saw a lot of financial success, career success in his time on Wall Street. Well, he was featured in a Forbes magazine article. 
where he was able to share where the, what he learned through his experience on Wall Street. And then now, as he co-owns his own financial management company, where his financial advice comes from. And so he shared this. The Bible is an excellent financial advisor, whether you're religious or not. He goes on to explain it by saying, the writers of the Bible anticipated the problems we would have with money and possessions. There are more than 2,000 references in the Bible, he says, and our, our whole culture now is built on the premise that we have to have more money and more stuff to feel happy and secure. Public storage is the poster child for what's wrong with America. We have too much stuff because we bought into the myth that more stuff equals more happiness. And then he adds, that's the total opposite of the truth and the opposite of what it says in the Bible. And so his advice when he helps people with finances is don't focus on acquiring possessions. There are many, many warnings that accumulating stuff is dangerous. Material things are fleeting and they'll do no good in the long run. And he lastly ends by saying, what you put your effort into, that's where your heart will be. And so what Granditch learned in his time on Wall Street, and what we're going to talk about today as we dive into James, is the exact same message. Is the exact same message about money. And so let's dive in. What does James have to say about us and money? James speaks so bluntly about rich oppressors coming up. Like, it's no joke. It's not fluffy. It doesn't feel good. It's really direct. There's no room for interpretation. And I just want to be clear, James is not talking about those that have money and the rich and the wealthy and that being rich or being wealthy is the problem because that's not the problem. James is talking about rich oppressors, those that used people and those that accumulated money and possessions for themselves. And so let's dive in to James chapter 5. Verses 1 through 5. Now listen, you rich people. Weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. Your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Woo, like that's super direct. The next verse, your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. Woo. That's not light at all. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. And then he goes on to say, look, the wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourself in the day of slaughter. See, James states that the worthlessness of rich is not the worthlessness of rich. That building wealth is godly. There are so many stories from Jesus about how to be wise and how to invest your money and how to do that while you follow Jesus. But what James is talking about is the people who accumulate their stuff and their money, no matter how much, and those that use people along the way, like, that's just, that's not okay. And he talks about what's going to happen if you are living that way. And so when we have money and possessions, no matter how much, what are we doing with it? What are, what are we doing with that? And are we accumulating it or are we using it to really build a legacy in our life? Well, last summer, 
Denzel Washington was celebrated and he was, received the Achievement Life Award in the film industry for his life and the way that he lived his life and his accomplishments. And Chadwick Boseman, he's an American actor who recently starred as Black Panther and he had a chance at that award ceremony to share about what Denzel has done for him in his life. So go ahead and take a look. I know personally that your generosity extends past what you have given on the stage and screen. Many of you already know the story that Mr. Washington, when asked by Felicia Rashad to join her in assisting nine theater students from Howard University who had been accepted to a summer acting program at the British Academy of Dramatic Acting, in Oxford. He gracefully and privately agreed to contribute. As fate would have it, I was one of the students that he paid for. Imagine receiving the letter that your tuition for that summer was paid for and that your benefactor was none other than the dopest actor on the planet. I have no doubt that there are similar stories at boys and girls clubs and theaters and churches across the country where I know you have also inspired and motivated others. An offering from a sage and a king is more than silver and gold. It is a seed of hope, a bud of faith. There is no Black Panther without Denzel Washington. That is so good. That just inspires me and my heart is just like on fire. An offering from a stage, sage and king is more than silver and gold. It's a seed of hope, a bud of faith. And then he goes on to say, there is no Black Panther without Denzel Washington. What a legacy Denzel is living, is currently living. And uh, I just want to recognize that I know, I know some Denzels. I know people who have been given much who give much, and I'm so thankful. We have many of those at Prairie Heights. We have many of those in our local community who have been given much and give much, and thank you for being an inspiration for living a legacy. I know that my heart, I give my heart just explodes for that type of living, and I just believe that living doesn't happen by accident, and so the first lesson that you and I can learn from James and from this story and from the Wall Street stockbroker is that keep your gold and watch it erode, but give your gold and watch the stories unfold. When we give, when we generously give of our finances, we get to hear stories and we get to be part of a lot of stories. And so how do we stay away from what James is warning us of? How do we stay away from the love of money, the desire to hoard money and stuff. And instead, how do we like fall in love with what money can do to change people's lives? Well, we're going to swing over to Matthew chapter six and read a few verses in there. And Matthew shares with us in one of the most famous sermons of Jesus' life, his Sermon on the Mount. And in the middle of that sermon, he talks about Money, And he says this in Matthew 6, 19, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. And so that's very similar to what we just read in James. Is like, don't store up stuff that's just going to corrode. It's, it's going to be 
come like moths and, and vermin. Like, don't do that. Don't store up treasures. And here's a little tidbit about James real quick. Reminder, if you've been watching the series, brand new, if this is your first week into the Skin in the Game series, James was a half-brother of Jesus. And even James, who walked with Jesus, heard his teachings, was around him all the time. He didn't believe that Jesus was who he said he was until Jesus died a brutal death on the cross. And then he rose again from the dead three days later. Then James believed all the things he had witnessed and experienced and was taught by Jesus. And so he has this passion to help people learn about the importance of our relationship with money, how critical this topic is in our walk with God and in our lives. And so I have a story of a prey hider who has grappled with this very thing, who has grappled with their relationship with God and their relationship with money. And so I'm going to read that for you. Prey Heider said, 10 years ago, I could have never imagined the role Prey Heights would have in my life. Prey Heiders have walked alongside me during the joys and sorrows. My faith is a core piece of who I am. But on the other side, so is my need to feel in control. This has been an internal battle within myself, especially regarding my finances. I struggle to surrender my finances to God, even though my heart knows it is God's money, not mine. On March of 2020, I was so excited. I was just a few months away from being in the best financial spot of my life. Fast forward a few weeks and our world has changed overnight. Fear and what-ifs are overwhelming and all-consuming. Job losses, pay cuts, what does this all look like in six months? I was reviewing my budget daily, making critical decisions and planning, and constantly reevaluating where my dollars would go. And then one night I received a text message asking me, was I trusting God with my finances? The message stopped me in my tracks. It was a tough message to read as the answer was one that I was truly afraid to admit. Nope, I was not trusting God with my finances. My faith is everything to me, but yet I don't let him guide me in one of the most important pieces of my life. Since March 23rd, I have committed to allow God to work on helping me surrender my finances to him. And then this prayer hider goes on to say, Today I can tell you God is working within my heart, and this will be reflected within my giving. I get emotional about this story, and it has nothing to do with money. It has everything to do with this prey hider's heart. And I guess I'm just so encouraged that this prey hider stepped into the challenge, stepped into what God would want to do in their life. And that story is so real. I can relate with parts of that story. I'm sure you can relate with parts of that story. But what would it look like in a time of uncertainty where, yep, our world's been flipped upside down. We don't know what the future looks like. Where you and I, what would it look like if we trusted God with our money? In one of the areas that it's just so darn hard to align our Christian beliefs with our behavior. To have skin in the game. Like, this is hard. That's just real. It's hard to have skin in the game in our relationship with God and money. But what would it look like in a time just like this to release that urge to want to control and to trust God with your money? Let's jump back into what Jesus was saying in that sermon in Matthew. 
verse 20 says, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moss and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I'm going to step into a little bit of boldness right now. And, and I imagine there have been times in my life where I thought this very thing. I can imagine that there are some of you that have thought, you know what, when I have more money, I'll give. And I just want to challenge you a little bit and say, I'm not sure that that's ever going to happen. You, you may be fooling yourself if you think when you get more money, then you'll start to give because it's not about the money. And it's not about the amount. It's about our heart. And it's about us trusting God with this very step of our life. And so if you're recognizing that you, and it's hard to admit, just like the story we just read, it's hard to admit but you're willing to have some skin in the game and step in and you realize you've got a lot of stuff and you're accumulating stuff, but maybe you're not prioritizing giving in your life. You could step into that right now, today, and in the weeks to come. And one of the women who really put her treasures where her heart was, and she's remembered exactly for that, is Mother Teresa. And there's a story about Mother Teresa right when she... uh, finished her vows when she became a nun, she approached her leaders at that time and she just shared with them the vision that God had laid on her heart to start an orphanage. And she let them know that she had three pennies and she was going to go and start this orphanage. And her leaders at that time told her, they said, three pennies finances nothing, much less an orphanage is an orphanage. Unfazed, Mother Teresa responded by saying, but with God and three pennies, I can do anything. But with God and three pennies, I can do anything. And Mother Teresa went on to become one of the most noted, compassionate, loving servants of our entire world. She served and loved people and poured out anything she had because that's what God had called her to. And she had faith and she had trust that God was going to see her through and she was able to fulfill dreams that everyone around her was saying, you know what, you can't do that with three pennies. And she's saying, you want to make a bet? (laughs) With my God, with God and three pennies, I can do anything. And so what in your life, what in your life could God do if you let God work. Because it doesn't matter how much. It doesn't matter what the amount is. What would it look like to trust God with this area of your life? To trust God with your money? Because our relationship with God and money is a trust thing. It's a heart thing. Do we trust God with what God can do with our money, no matter the amount? So the second lesson that, that we've been grappling with in this part is Don't be changed by your treasures. Don't be changed by your treasures. Don't be changed by the things of this world, by the stuff that you accumulate. Instead, give your change to see your heart's measure. Give your change to see your heart's measure. What does your heart break for? Mother Teresa's heart broke for children. 
So she went after it. What does your heart break for? What can't you stand? Where do you want to make a difference? And I want to challenge you to prioritize your giving in your life. The next check that you receive, wherever it comes from, I want to encourage you. The second it hits your bank account, give it. Give an amount. Give to something that breaks your heart. Maybe it's a local nonprofit. Maybe it's to a neighbor in need. Give it right away before you can spend it. And I want to share one last story of another prairie hider and someone who decided to trust God with his money. And he says, one of the areas I held really close to me was my money. I get it. I've been there. And then he goes on to say, I always looked at serving as a way to give to the church without getting out my wallet. I attended Financial Peace University in early 2019 at Prairie Heights. I was in debt and living paycheck to paycheck and giving Prairie Heights a few dollars each week. I decided I was going to get out of debt and start paying off what I owed. The topic of tithing came up, and tithing simply means giving 10% of your income. And God was really tugging at my heart to try him, to test him. I wrestled with him for a couple weeks, and finally I agreed. I told myself I would, I would tithe for a few weeks, and I would see what happened. The second week into my giving journey, I got a message from a classmate I hadn't seen since high school, and she said that she saw my post on Facebook, that I was looking for running shoes, and her company did a pay-it-forward program, and she wanted to buy running shoes from me. Bam! God showed up and spoke to me. At that moment, I realized that God would provide for me if I simply trusted and let him. I recalculated my giving on my gross, including bonuses, and continued to give. In August of 2019, I got an 18% raise. God had blessed me almost double what I was giving. I was able, uh, then he says, uh, my heart went all in in the area of finances. I now know without a doubt that God can do more with 90 than I could ever do with 100%. Trusting God with my finances taught me that it's not about the money. And then he says, and this just warms my heart again. At Prairie Heights, we call it saying yes when people commit to living their lives for Jesus. And it sets my heart on fire every time I see that happen. And he closes by saying, that is why I give. Trusting God and change lives. That is why I give. Trusting God and change lives. And pray, hiders, I get so excited about God getting a hold of people's lives, like this story and like the other prairie hiders story. I get so excited about the spiritual growth that's going to happen, about the transformation that's going to happen in, in your heart, in our hearts, in prairie hiders' hearts, when, when we come to a place where we say, I can have skin in the game in my relationship with God and money. When we can release what we think is ours, we can release that control and we can say, God, I trust you. And so I'm going to honor you by giving, by prioritizing my giving in my life. Uh, I think you heard me say this, but I can really relate with both of those stories. My journey was somewhat similar. And I will tell you, I've heard lots of stories over the years of this whole idea of money and giving and and God and what does all that look like and I've never once 
never once heard anybody or heard any story of anyone say that they regretted trusting God with their money. The only thing I've truly heard is I've, re- I've heard people regret not doing it sooner. Because the way that God works, and it's mysterious, and it's, we can't say this is exactly what's going to happen. It's not a formula. <laughs> it's just like any other relationship. It's just like the relationship that we have with potentially like a friend or a spouse, but it's so much more because it's God, <laughs> and he's so much more powerful. But when we can trust God. And when we can give him something that we want to control, God just does crazy things in return. And it's amazing to watch that. And so I want to challenge you today, if you aren't giving to your local church, because I know that there's many of you that are Prairie Heights, and Prairie Heights is your local home church, but I know that there's probably many of you watching that Prairie Heights is not your home church. Give to your home church first. But if Prairie Heights is your local church, I just want to challenge you, if you've never given, to take this step to trust God in your finances and to prioritize giving in your life right now in this season so that you and I can continue to have skin in the game. So real quick, as we close, our lessons from James and Jesus today are keep your gold, watch it erode, give your gold, and watch the stories unfold. And the second one, don't be changed by your treasures. Instead, give your change to see your heart's measure. Winston Churchill once said, We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. So in a time where it'd be so easy for you and I just to hold tight, what would it look like if we trusted God with this area of our life? Let's pray. God, I thank you uh, so much for who you are, God, that you are consistent, that God, the words that, that you uh, infused into Jesus and into James, that God, you, uh, you fill us with hope. And so I pray that as we hear this message and we grapple with this idea of our relationship with God and money, that God, you just um, help us step into it. It's uncomfortable. It's not easy. God, I know I want to live a, a legacy that lives long beyond my life here on earth. And so Jesus, I just pray that in this time, Lots of people are going through lots of different circumstances. I pray you protect them. I pray that you guide them. I pray that you keep them safe. Jesus, we love you so much and we thank you for who you are. We pray all this in your name. Amen.